Phil, that was Ananta Govinda. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward. I'm not as familiar with his work, his music, uh, his recordings as you are, but I'm really looking forward to a terrific guy. And, uh, you know, Bhakti tradition, many, many wonderful people we've talked to on our show uh, that come from that tradition. And uh, uh, obviously their spiritual practices uh, translate very much into being active in the world and uplifting people in in a, uh, in a variety of ways. So yeah. uh, great, to, great to get to know him. Yeah, and I haven't heard the whole album, but from what I heard, it's a, it's a really interesting and beautiful mix of um, spiritual uh, content with uh, really catchy rhythms and strong you know, uh, R&B, rock, whatever kind of Western motifs, as well as some Indian sounds. So I look forward to hearing the whole album. And, and I saw glimpses of the book version a while ago when he asked, when he showed it to me. Um, and I look forward to the finished product. Right. But yeah, you know, and he had such an eclectic background. Yeah. I was reading about him. He was born in Russia, studied with a woman uh, piano. Uh, uh, she was very into Bach, and obviously he went in different directions with music. Comes to California, loves the ocean, loves the smell of the trees. Then he takes this trip across country, meets all <laughs> kinds of people. Winds up in New York. It's you know he's a lot younger than us, but it was during the rave culture of the '90s. And then it was funny. He was living in Williamsburg, a lot of uh, very religious, big Jewish community there. And uh, a lot of the Lubavitch, I think, uh, in that area and other uh, sect of uh, of the Hasidic uh, Jewish community. And then uh, somehow he, he he was influenced by that, but also got connected to the Koran through the uh, hip-hop community in New York. And yeah. so managed to blend all of those things together. But then he makes a very good point in the interview that, uh, you know, uh, all of these different cultures are really just part of this same consciousness, the same reality, yeah. and uh, are very, very relative. But yeah. certainly he has had a lot of exposure, and, and uh, he, he's, uh, I think, uh, been able to take great elements from all of those. Yeah, it's a great uh, Im American immigrant story, mm -hmm. you know, the blending of spiritual traditions, cultural traditions, and of course, you know, it, it, that New York is renowned for that kind of uh, uh, melting pot phenomenon. The, the, there was another piece of the story that when I read it, I found it uh, really uh, great because he says that one day he was in Brighton Beach. And, you know, for <laughs> when I was a kid growing up in Brooklyn, we, I we used to take the subway to Brighton Beach, you know, because uh, it it's right next to Coney Island, the world right. famous Coney Island. And we would go there, you know, and go to the beach and, you know, in the summertime and everything. And in, in the years since, it be, it's become uh, a kind of enclave for Russian immigrants to right. America. So the Brighton Beach uh, community there is very Russian. So maybe that's what brought him there to get, you know, Russian food or go to a Russian restaurant or see his Russian relatives. I don't know. But it was while it being in, while he was in Brighton Beach one day it, browsing in a bookstore, he discovered the Bhagavad Gita. And that, that led yeah, to his the life. Book at the so, time he was growing up, that book had been banned in Russia. 
Yeah, so I love that. I love that kind of story, you know. And uh, so, you know, here's a kid from... Is he in L.A.? No, he lives in Marin County. Oh, he does? Yes. Okay. Um, So... You know, where I I hope he was able to breathe well during the Yeah, I look today, the air quality, it is uh, September 20-something or other, 2020, and the air was good today. And I, we said this before when we had uh, people from that uh, tradition on the show, but I want to say it again. For, for people of our generation, or you know, even a little younger, who remember when the Hare Krishna movement was first active, and you know, they were the only ones chanting uh, Sanskrit mantras aloud and prance, dancing in the streets and chanting and and they were often very aggressive in proselytizing mm-hmm. and selling you know <laughs> the Bhagavad Gita at the airport, airport. And, and in the streets and in the you know parks and in, in New York and San Francisco and everything uh, and if that's what you remember about them as you know, these weird, uh, sometimes obnoxious people, uh, you know, they, their image deserves uh, to be re- revisited. And you exactly. know, they've left exactly. a good mark on the culture. They have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a genuine spiritual lineage. And, uh, you know, all those people from those days grew up and they, you know, they, they don't... Uh, bother you in the streets anymore but you know their their uh, restaurants their temples uh festivals they're all uh, very much worth uh, uh observing or uh, participating in and checking out you know phil i i'm after all this time doing shows together we're in sync that was exactly what i was going to mention about how if yeah. you remember from the 60s uh revisit because uh and not only that, we mentioned Radhanath Swami. He's on the International Board of Krishna Consciousness. He's a what we would call a Hare Krishna person leader. Uh, they feed tens of thousands of kids in India yeah. every day. Uh, they do it in the United States to a lesser degree, but still do it. And there's a great story. Uh, yeah, Stephen Jobs, founder of Apple, uh, uh, when he was struggling and had no place to eat, the Hare Krishna people used to feed him. Oh, and really? He, I never heard yeah, that. Yeah, it's a great story. He was very, uh, uh, very sympathetic toward them and uh, and what they were doing. How involved he was, I I don't know. Maybe not well, at all. I he always, I always know. I know two other things about Steve Jobs. One is that he went to India uh, to meet <laughs> Neem Karoli Baba uh, because of Ramdas's influence, and never did because uh, Neem Karoli passed away before he got there. But also, uh, I think it was on that trip to India that he discovered Autobiography of a Yogi. We are recording this just a few days after the 100th anniversary of Yogananda coming to America. Uh, So I was involved with some of the celebrations. And um, Steve Jobs is one of the people who were affected very much by uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. It was the book was given out to everybody at his um, memorial service. And if you could mention your book, please. Which one, Dennis? Well, the one on Yogananda for now. Yes, called The Life of Yogananda, the biography of Yogananda, where you'll learn things you didn't know before and are not an autobiography of a yogi. And the new book, 
spiritual practice for crazy times to get you which through did, these crazy times which we did an interview on i interviewed phil yes and, did. that's in, in in the archives hey I, I just looked up uh on google steve jobs went to Hare krishna temple for food when he was homeless and did not have money oh that's great it's a short story from the life of co-founder i said there's a story about it so and it's mentioned many many times that he was very appreciative that's that, great uh, Took place. So it's a great thing. They're, they're very nice people. Yes. And uh, for me, I love their chanting. And whether yeah. they do it on the street or in a temple, it's just go with it. It just, you know, don't look for meaning, just feel it. And it's it's a, it's it's wonderful. And in New York, uh, now with the pandemic, I, who knows? But uh, in Union Square, they were there almost uh, uh, in recent times, there almost every day. As a group, yeah, so I think things are a little more subdued now. I'm glad, um, you know, when I was in India, we had a beautiful evening of food and chanting with the as the guests of the uh, of the temple in Bangalore back in uh, February, just a few weeks after, um, a few weeks before the the pandemic really hit mm -hmm. hard. Anyway. This well, was another uh, good interview. We uh, call upon our loyal listeners to please think about contributing so we can keep it going. And we thank those who already have. Right. Even if you're not a loyal listener, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will take and, and, and uh, you go to uh, spiritmatterstalk.com and there's a red button you push. And, you, and again, it's not a donation. It's a contribution. We're not a nonprofit. But we um, we want to continue and we want to uh, right. for those that can't afford. Never. You'll never have to pay uh, as long as we're on the air. But for those that can help others, uh, go for it. All right. We're, we're not we're not a nonprofit, but we're sure not a profit making. <laughs> we're in the red. OK, yeah, yeah. kid. See All you right. Next time. Right. Over and out. Bye.